the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Everything we do at Shepherd is based around John 3.14 that teaches us to lift up the name of Jesus that the world might believe. We want to come alongside you in your journey with God and help you become stronger in your faith so you can better serve Jesus and share him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. Today, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Matthew, and we're going to look at Matthew 3.16. Matthew is an interesting uh, text that we're looking at today. We're looking at the text where Jesus is baptized. Matthew, what you need to know about Matthew is that it's the start or the beginning of what we call the New Testament. That's important to our story today. And after 400 years of silence, as we come to the New Testament, this guy named John the Baptist appears. And John the Baptist is kind of a strange guy. He's probably got long hair, probably hadn't had a bath. Uh, The Bible says in Matthew 3, verse 4, that John's clothes were made of camel hair. He had a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts. That's what he ate, locusts. So he's a crazy guy, and and the Bible says in verse 5 that uh, people went out to him from Jerusalem and Judea. They're coming from everywhere. And they're going out to the wilderness to see this guy. And when they get there, verse 6, they peep, the people are confessing their sins. And they were being baptized by him in the river Jordan. This is like a religious woodstock going on here. And in verse 11, this is Matthew 3, verse 11, John says these words, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me is coming one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not even fit to carry. And when he gets here, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So out in the desert, this wild guy is preaching repentance, people coming from everywhere out to see him. He's baptizing people left and right. Great crowds are following him. And he announces in verse 11, hey, don't get all goo-goo-eyed over me because there's one who is coming after me that I'm not even worthy to carry his sandals. And it happened just as he said it would happen. 
one day out of nowhere according to verse 13 jesus appears and it says that jesus came from galilee to the jordan to be baptized by who by this crazy guy john and for the first time in his life he's speechless and jesus says i've come to be baptized john i want you to baptize me verse 14 says that john tried to talk jesus out of it it says that john tried to deter him saying i need to be baptized by you notice what happens in verse 15 jesus replied let it be so right now for it is proper John's going, oh, no, I'm not baptizing. Oh, Jesus, oh, you're baptizing me right now. We're not arguing about this because it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. Now, we're not even at verse 16 yet. But before we read verse 16, I want to answer this question. Why would Jesus be baptized? He'd never sinned. I think he was baptized to set an example for us. I mean, that's the low rung there of reasons. But Jesus always set an example, didn't he? Well, it just makes sense that he would do this partially just to set an example for us. Number two, I think he did this to signify the beginning of his ministry. His ministry is getting ready to begin. And then most of what you read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are all the stories that took place those last three and a half years of his life. Reason number three, write this down. He's baptized, I believe, to symbolize his ministry as the suffering servant. Everybody say suffering servant. That phrase is found in Isaiah chapter 53. Every single person in this church needs to read Isaiah chapter 53. And in that biblical prophecy, it it tells us that the Messiah will come and that he will die And that's why we call this the suffering servant because he's coming to serve, but he's going to suffer. He's going to die on a cross and he will die. It will be a guilt offering. It will be a sin offering. And at that moment, when he dies on that cross, he will be imputing righteousness on us. We're not righteous. He's righteous. But when he dies on that cross, he gives us his righteousness. I believe that his baptism is connected to that passage in Isaiah chapter 53. But here's the fourth reason. When Jesus is baptized, he identifies, it identifies Jesus to John the Baptist, that Jesus is in fact the Messiah. So let's look at verse 16. All right, now we're ready. Here's 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 the verse. Matthew 3. It says, as soon as Jesus was baptized... He went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. What we see here is a picture of the Trinity. And the word Trinity is nowhere in the Bible. So if you start arguing about the Trinity, you're arguing about a word that's not in the Bible. That word, Trinity, is not in the Bible. Now, it's a word that we've come up with to describe God being in three different dimensions. You have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. 
Uh, they're all three different, but they're all three the same. Oh, pastor, that's confusing. Uh, I know it is a little bit. But if you study the text, you see all three. You, ha- you have Jesus, God the Son. Jesus is there physically. He's being baptized. There he is. You see him, goes down, he comes up. That's God the Son. Then you see this dove come down and ascend from heaven, descend from heaven. That's God the Spirit. God in spirit form. And then you hear this voice from heaven that says, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. That's God the Father. So you see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit in this one text. It's amazing. When all this happened, what you read about in John, or Matthew 3.16, when you read about this, it validates, that's the word, it validates that Jesus is the Messiah. Okay? Now, so Matthew's there, and he's watching all this. He's looking at John the Baptist, and he's looking at Jesus, and he's listening to John tell the story, and he writes all this down. That's what we're reading. I want you to take your Bibles and turn over to the Gospel of John. And in the book of John, John is also looking, and he's, this is John the disciple, he writes what he saw between Jesus and John the Baptist. Here's what the Gospel of John records that happened. He actually writes down the words of John the Baptist. Look at John 1 verse 32. It says that John gave, John the Baptist gave this testimony. And he says, here's what happened. I was out there baptizing people left and right. Hundreds of thousands of people. Man, they were coming from all over Jerusalem, all over Judea, from every part of the Jordan. And I was baptizing them. But then I baptized Jesus. And when that happened, I saw, I, John the Baptist, saw the Spirit of God. It came down from heaven as a dove. And he uses the word remain. It remained. The next verse says, I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me that the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain." Is he who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit? You see, when John was saying, I'm not even worried, there's one coming after me, he didn't know who that person was. But he was told by God that when you are baptizing these people, one day you'll see the Holy Spirit come down and remain on one person. You'll know that that is the Son of God. Because in John 1 verse 34, it says, I have seen And I can testify that this is the Son of God. That Holy Spirit coming down and staying there signified that Jesus was the Savior of the world to John the Baptist. Now, if you're looking at that, That could be the deciding factor for you if you believe this story to be true. So write this down quickly. I've got to go through this quick. I only have a couple minutes here. This is going to take, we're going to go through this quick. First of all, the word letter B stands for believe. You have, if you're a believer in Jesus, you should be baptized. It's that simple. Mark 16, 16 says, I give you all the verses here in your notes. Whoever believes and is baptized will be what? Saved. Saved. Okay. And so... If you don't believe, if you're not a believer, 
you don't need to be baptized. Okay? You just chill out. If you're not a believer, don't think, well, do I need to be baptized? Not if you're, if you're not a believer, you don't need to be baptized. But if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, if you believe that, you need to be baptized. The second letter, A, stands for acknowledge. The Bible says in Romans 10 that if you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And again, if you're not willing, if you're not here today, you don't want Jesus to be your Lord, you do not need to be baptized. In fact, you're just kind of wasting our time and you're wasting your own time. Your baptism would mean absolutely nothing if you do not believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and if you're not willing to make him your Lord, there's no need being baptized. The next letter, P, stands for personal. This has to be your decision. can't be anybody else's decision. I know your spouse uh, would love for you to be baptized. Uh, some of you, your spouse would like to see you get baptized about five times. <laughs> right? But no one can make this decision but you. I, I, can't, I can't make the decision for you. You can't make it for me. I can't be baptized for you. You can't be baptized for me. It's one reason why we don't baptize babies, uh, because parents, you have your kid baptized as a baby. That baby doesn't even know what he's doing. It's not doing that baby any good. It didn't do you any good. Uh, and it's got to be your decision. Now, we hope that you raise your child. A lady brought up a, a baby out front. I held the baby up. It was uh, two months old. And, and, and it's, a, it's a mom and she's, her baby's two months old, but she's got the baby in church or in the nursery, whatever. She's, she's going to raise the child in the church. We hope and pray that little Aubrey Renee, uh, that little two-month-old baby, will one day reach a point where she wants to follow Jesus and she wants to be baptized by her own free will. That's what we hope. Letter T, it's your testimony. It's your testimony. This is that verse, I wrote it down there for you in Romans 6, that your baptism pictures the death, burial, and resurrection. And we take you and we lower you underneath that water. You're telling everybody that you believe that Jesus died and you believe that he was buried. And as you come up out of that water, you're telling everybody that you, you believe that he resurrected. Your baptism is your testimony of your faith and your belief, your statement that you're on board, your faith, believing that Jesus died, that Jesus was buried, and that Jesus was resurrected. It's your testimony. Letter I, it is by immersion. Baptism in the Bible was by immersion. It wasn't a pouring. It wasn't a sprinkling. It was full submersion, completely under the water. Uh, the Greek word is the word baptizo, and that word means... Uh, to be immersed, it's the same word uh, that Jesus used uh, when it says that he took the bread and he dipped it in the wine. It, it's the word baptizo. And uh, so here at the church, you can see the water here. When we baptize people, we don't sprinkle you. Uh, we, we dunk you all the way under because that's the way they did it in the Bible. 
Now write that number down, 1311. You say, what that, what's that number for? Well, that's a year. That's the date, 1311. For 1,311 years, everybody who put their faith in Jesus were baptized by immersion. It got changed in the year 1311 by the Catholic Church. They switched it from immersion to just sprinkling. And there's a story to all that, but the primary reason for switching it was it was more convenient. That's basically the story. And so, uh, when people study the Bible, they have to decide, am I going to do what the Catholic Church has told me, or am I going to do what the Bible tells me I need to do? And there's a difference. Now, about a third of this church come out of the Catholic Church. I want you to know it's a one-way street. You all know what a one-way street is? Well, I hope so. A one-way street is this. People who were sprinkled for their baptism after studying baptism in the Bible, they reach a conclusion, I need to be immersed. That's a one-way street. No one is immersed for their baptism and after studying the Bible, reach a conclusion, I need to be sprinkled. (laughs) Nobody comes to that conclusion. The word means to immerse. Jesus was immersed. Everybody was immersed for 1,311 years until the Catholic Church changed, changed it. And so here at Shepherd, we practice baptism by immersion. Scriptural, write that down, the letter S. Scriptural. Acts 2.38, it's here, on this, it's here in your outline, it's on the screen. First day of the church. First day of the church. Peter's preaching, preached a great sermon about Jesus and the Messiah. Uh, And the people said, what shall we do? And Peter said, you've got to do two things. You've got to repent, and you've got to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. For the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the what? Holy Spirit. You'll receive the gift of the what? Holy Spirit. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, according to Acts 2, verse 38, stay with me. This ties everything together. That when you're baptized, when you repent and you turn your life to God, to Jesus, you name him as your Savior, you acknowledge him as your Lord. You're baptized. God washes your sins away. But he gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit. What? John, the Baptist, he was baptizing people. And when Jesus was baptized, heaven opened up and he saw the Holy Spirit descend like a dove. And the Bible said it remained on Jesus. And when you come and you're baptized into his name, 
You might not see a dove, but the Holy Spirit of God is going to descend, and the Bible says that every single believer receives the gift of the Holy Spirit that will remain inside of you from now to all of eternity. And the last letter there is just mission. The mission continues. You say, what mission? Well, the last words of Jesus. uh, These are the last words of Jesus in the book of Matthew. You and I are to go make disciples of all nations. And what are we supposed to do with disciples? What's it say? These are the words of Jesus. We're to go make disciples and baptize every disciple in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And as soon as they're done getting baptized, then you teach them to obey everything that I have ever commanded you. And that's what we do as a church. That's all we do. Our mission is to go into all the world and make disciples and baptize those disciples and then teach those disciples to obey everything that Jesus has ever commanded And so, the, 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 the question, the question, look at your list. The question is, which of these have you not yet done? Are you a believer? If you're not, you need to reread the story about J- Jesus and John the Baptist and understand that when that Holy Spirit came down and remained on him, that Jesus at that point was, uh, John the Baptist, it was revealed to him that this was the Messiah. You've got to think through uh, Isaiah chapter 53. You've got to think through, did Jesus fulfill Isaiah chapter 53 when he died on that cross? If you are a believer, have you ever acknowledged, have you ever made that public confession of faith that he is your Lord? Have you personally made this decision? You have to ask yourself, have you ever been immersed and shown and and given your testimony that you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Have you ever had your sins washed away? If you haven't had your sins washed away, you need to come today and have your sins washed away. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Spirit, you've got to come today, be baptized, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And if you've done all that, yet you're not involved in mission, the mission of the church, you just come and sit week after week like a bump on a log, and you're not actively involved in kingdom purposes, trying to build the kingdom of God, trying to make disciples, trying to baptize those disciples, you need to come and ask God to help you to do that. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. Four seven seven seven. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. 
We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. Hello, friends. My name is Dusty Frizzell, and I want to invite you to our new Thursday night service at Shepherd Church. That's right. We're adding a fourth service. Worship service starts at 7 p.m., and it's for all ages. We'll be following the same sermon series as the weekends, and you'll hear from myself, from some of my friends, and even from Pastor Dudley. So if you'll be gone on a weekend or you just want to open up some seats for others on the weekends, join us on Thursdays at 7 p.m. I hope to see you there. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.